You're listening to How Did I Get Here, a deep dive into our journey to find the dream job. I'm your host, Jason Fish, and today I'm joined by Stefan Klaschka, the founder and CEO of Klaschka & Co. Welcome, Stefan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to have you on for an episode of the podcast. Um, So I'd like to get started with your time in university. What did you major in and what were your career aspirations at the time? Well, I studied computer science um, at a university in uh, Germany at the time, and I wanted to become some sort of programmer. And that is actually my aspiration since I was in high school. I was uh, running the computer lab and uh, PCs were just coming out at that time. So um, I thought computer science was the coolest thing. And what did your first job look like? What was your first job out of college? Um, I worked for a university hospital in the medical information department. So it's all about medical records for hospitals. Uh, I got an internship there right out of school before I started studying computer science. And then that turned into a job offer uh, on a temporary basis um, in in the programming department there. Hmm. And then moving on in your career, what were the next couple of positions that you had at different companies and how did you see your career progressing through those uh, first few years? Well, um, so I stayed in the university's uh, sphere. And while I was studying in one university, I continued to work for the other university. Um, and um, my next job within that sphere was with uh, biometrics, so uh, biostatistics, uh, a department in a school for veterinary medicine. And I stayed on for several years with them, uh, first as an assistant and then later as a contractor while I was starting my own software business on the side. It was the time where everyone had their own uh, programming um, uh, company and also had a publishing house on the side. So I was working for one university, I had my own business while I was studying at another university. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot. Indeed. What was that first business that you started, the software business that you mentioned? It was computer programming. Uh, So I was uh, writing applications for uh, physicians, for lawyers, uh, for different companies. Um, And PCs just came out, so uh, personal computers. And I was riding that wave at that time. Um, And that got me also into the uh, pharmaceutical industry, since one of my first clients was a pharma company. Uh, And that then translated later on into a transition into the pharmaceutical space that I stayed in for, I believe, 20 years or so. Oh, wow. And so what was it like, you know, having your own company, but then also working, you know, at some pretty large companies like Bayer? Um, What (laughs) what are some differences between between the two? Well, there's some job security around big companies, at least there used to be. Um, and you get your paycheck, which is nice. Um, got interesting projects. But um, my own business was more fun in the sense of you can decide what you want to work on. It's more insecure when it comes to payments. Um, and um, you have to do a lot of business development all the time. So it's not just you opening your like software shop and you're programming all day long. Actually, most of your time you spent in business development if you do not want to grow and bring more people on. And I just wanted to keep a small business because I enjoyed that. 
um, and just brought in friends as I needed them to help me out with uh, specific jobs. But I didn't really want to grow it to a large business. So I saw the upside of a big business um, that uh, guaranteed some income. And on the other hand, I put very much work into my smaller business, my own business, to um, have more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's very rewarding. You're learning a lot of different things, um, working at both a very large company while having your own small business at the same time. Exactly. And it actually promoted my career in the corporate space later. Um, but uh, I'm not sure when we were getting to that part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we're going to get to that, um, I guess, in just a minute. So mm -hmm. uh, moving moving on, um, for the past nine years or so, you've had your own consulting business. What, made, uh, what motivated you to start your own digital transformation and strategy consulting uh, firm? Okay. Uh, well, that was my... It was an extension of my last um, job in the corporate space where I was a director for global innovation management and strategy for a large pharma company. And that job was about um, how would a pharma company make money in, let's say, five years without just pushing pills, but by adding some digital component in the sense of um, a device or a service, uh, something like that. Um, so I was exploring that space. And um, when I left the pharma company, then I just uh, continued to offering the same services uh, to other healthcare uh, companies on how to become more digitally focused and build digital businesses. Hmm. And what do some of those services look like, I guess, for different companies? Do you have an example or two of um, some projects that you've worked on? Well, I worked for, uh, more recently for two different legacy consulting businesses that wanted to turn their business into a, a software as a service, so SaaS um, okay. platform. Uh, so I helped those companies design their SaaS uh, tools, their suite of uh, offering, as well as the marketing for it. And then typically I got hired as a consultant uh, and then brought in as a uh, executive, like a chief operating officer, uh, in order to implement that change. And um, poking around on your website and stuff, your company works with uh, a lot of companies, some being very large, some, you know, on yeah. the smaller side. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you're sitting in the COO type of roles, are you doing that at multiple different companies at the same time? Or is it kind of, you know, you're doing a year or two stent at different uh, companies? Yeah, it's, it's one company at a time at that level. Um, because otherwise you cannot really concentrate on anything. And it's a, it's a full-time, at least, job. So it, I go into the company and work for that company, and I hardly do anything else in my own business, which is a little bit of a downside because once the gig is over, you come back and uh, you have to fire up everything again to get the next gig. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and going along those lines, what would you say is the most challenging part about owning your own business, uh, knowing that this isn't your first business, but I guess from, from the different business you've had, what would you say is the most challenging part? Um, well, when you open a business, then you typically want to do something specific, uh, like render your services. But uh, again, most of the time you will spend in business development and marketing yourself and finding the right niche and these kind of things uh, before you can actually get to work and do what you like to do and what you're good at. So I think that's uh, something to bear in mind whenever you start a, a business, that um, it's not just about the business, it's about making that business uh, known and uh, getting clients. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, what is some advice you can give to someone listening to this podcast who's interested in consulting or innovation and strategy and you know some of the things that you've worked on um, your whole career? Um, well, that's a big question. But um, <laughs> since I worked in regulated industries a lot, so pharmaceutical industry, that kind of area, um, you have to understand the box that you're operating in before you start thinking outside of the box. So I see a lot of people who try to reinvent the wheel and um, don't really know what the limitations are from a regulatory point of view. So they are, you cannot just do certain things because they're illegal. Basically, you get your company in trouble. So you have to understand, um, if you take the analogy of a boat, if you drill a hole above or below the waterline, that's mm -hmm. the one piece of advice. And the second is... Um, uh, whatever you offer to uh, in a company to change if you're from within, as in, let's say, an intrapreneur, um, tie it to the business strategy of that company. Hmm. What would you say is uh, the, you know, is there a big learning curve when you are transitioning from one company to another in this consulting role? Absolutely. I mean, that's a fun thing about being a consultant that you learn all the time and you have to adapt and unlearn certain things to um, then get back uh, and, and, and learn something new instead. So uh, as a consultant, you're constantly learning. That's that's a fun part. Sure, absolutely. And how has your business been affected by the recent coronavirus pandemic? Um, so in general, over the past, uh, let's say, uh, one or two years, I was working primarily with um, European companies and uh, they were related to the automotive industry um, as uh, service providers and due to the coronavirus and the um, stop of the production in, in Europe uh, of the major car makers uh, also those businesses got into uh, a slower pace or struggled and uh, I was then downstream and that business went uh, well down the stream actually um, so I was affected, but um, that's more for the companies from Europe that I was dealing with that wanted to conquer the U.S. market that then came to a standstill, at least for a while. So this will fire up again, I would believe, in, uh, in, a, in a month or two. Sure. Um, I have two final questions for you. Um, the mm -hmm. first one being, what do you wish you had done differently in your business journey thus far? Hmm. Um, I think a big learning point for me was um, to how to deal with stakeholders. And it's easy to keep the stakeholders uh, happy that are in, in the favor of your project anyway. Uh, but I think I uh, would have been even more successful if I would have paid more attention to the critics of, the, um, of, of projects and had spent much more time with them to really understand their point better and uh, try to convince them from my point of view as well. Hmm. And the final question is, what has been the biggest turning point in your life so far and how has it altered your path? Well, in my corporate career, the biggest turning point was becoming this director for innovation management and strategy on a global scale in a in a, in a first of its kind position and I got a carte blanche to just play around and see what works. Um, the turning point there exactly was that I said, okay, to be disruptive and effective in a large organization that is very conservative, I have to come up with a different mindset. And uh, so I made the conscious decision that I said, I go to work every day uh, and I don't care if I get fired. 
because if I can make it here, then I go somewhere else. Um, and that was from the moment I said that to myself, um, that was the most liberating phrase and insight I've ever had, actually. Uh, and, and, and I meant it, it was totally serious, not just a cliche. So I really said, I don't care if I get fired today. And I went in and fearlessly <laughs> tried to change the world, you know. Uh, at that time, I was not married. I didn't have a child. I didn't have a, a, a home that I would pay a mortgage off and so forth. So I was in a little bit different position at that time in my life. Thanks for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? To learn more about Stefan and see what he's up to now, check out his LinkedIn profile linked in the description of this podcast. Subscribe to my email list to get a weekly email notification on the latest episodes and more. You can also support my podcast using the support button on the Anchor website. Until next time.